0: The Open Nesters is a weekly podcast focusing on couples and individuals who are looking for new beginnings after their kids have left the nest.
1: This week on The Open Nesters podcast with Sandra and Victor.
2: You know, it's interesting you say that. I listened to a couple of your episodes and I became very intimidated because I felt like I was 22 again out of college and I thought, Holy crap, these people have their third app all together. And I don't even know what I'm going to do. Everybody seems to have it all planned out, and I don't know. It's so good to hear that you don't have to know.
0: Sandra and Victor are a delightful couple that are so authentic, and I am so excited for you to get to hear about this particular interview, because it is just very real.
1: So let's hear it from Sandra and Victor.
0: Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Sandra and Victor. And do you use Delaripa for both of your last names, or Victor, you have a different one? Delaripa? Ripa. Nope. I don't know if I'm That's pronouncing it. it. I love it. So I met Sandra and at a networking event and thought all that she was doing some incredible work with charities and teaching people all kinds of interesting things and then learned that you're open nesters. So welcome. We're gonna be talking about open nesting. Welcome.
1: Absolutely. And welcome for me, Amir. Sounds like a bird. Open Um, nesting. It's what? It sounds a bird. Go ahead, sounds, like it's, sounds like we're a bird, you know,
3: open nesting. Open right? nesting. I'm a bird guy, so, so you know. He's
2: a bird guy.
0: <laughs> well, Maybe you'll find some parallels that we didn't even know about. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> so open nesting, as we've defined it, and we're way into our second season, is this time of life when the kids have left the nest, and we are open to not necessarily feeling empty, but to all the opportunities that that provides, <clears throat> as well as not closing the nest, like, we're finished, you can come in and out, people can come and visit, kids can if they need to be home, and we figure out the right language and communication, what are our desires, and where are we going in life, and we create more vitality at this stage of life. So that's kind of the overarching. And so I'll let you fill in so that you can bring us up to date in when your kids left and some of the things that you've been working on
2: ever since then. Yeah. Well, our kids left And then they came back, yeah, (laughs) yeah. They um. It's called
1: the boomerang effect.
2: Ooh, it was like ping pong balls. Like they'd leave and we'd stand and wave and.
3: Well, that was college thing.
2: Well, even afterward, though, they'd get their place, and then one went out to L.A., and next thing you know, he was coming back, and another one went to New Orleans, and was living down there and next thing you know she was coming back and we just it was revolving and how, how did you up... feel
1: about that i mean was was it disturbing to you that they're? yeah and what In what, way? <laughs> In what it was way?
2: disturbing to me
1: <laughs>
2: it was just we have a different approach i think to that i think he would um i don't know i won't i won't talk for you you tell me
1: yeah victor tell oh, us why sure. it was not disturbing for you <laughs>
3: Well, because there are kids and you can't, you know, you can't come home. You got to go somewhere else, you know, so it just opened the door. Right. I mean, I expected, you know, if I wanted to charge rent or that kind of stuff for food, all that. But at least somewhere to go, but not permanent, you know, get on your feet and then out. will you know.
1: And Sandra, you were disturbed because you wanted them to. Was it more because of your privacy got invaded or because they're not yet on their feet
2: launching them. Yeah. Yeah, I was confused. Like, what, what, what's happening? Like you, you, we thought it was like, I guess I, I, I expected like a clean cut, like you're done. That's great. We had a big celebration. We had parties. We're done. Yay. We're moving on. And then suddenly we were back and I wasn't quite sure. And I don't think they were quite sure of what that relationship was supposed to look like you know, especially with their um, social lives and their sexual Mm -hmm. life and their emotional life. And you're in your parents' house, this is my house. You know, it's my house, it's our house. And so it just, it was very, and then we're in that, as you might be in that sandwich generation. So when one child came back, my papa was living with us at the time with a caregiver so at a time in our life when we were really should be downsizing we were expanding we were building and adding onto this house that we just wanted to get rid of so that was i never really felt settled for quite a few years when we were trying to like end an era
1: so (laughs) how long that transition took i mean you Mm -hmm. were Five years, four years. I mean, what are your kids doing now? Uh, Chelsea was gone five.
2: Yeah, it was about five, six years. Five
3: years, and she came back, but she was troubled. It wasn't like she had issues.
2: Yeah.
3: So we didn't want to leave her out there hanging. Yeah, and,
2: and how she- and how are
0: they doing now? I mean, I think evolving through the different yeah. problems of being millennials and living in this struggle, this world. And being able to be a parent that finds new ways to communicate is a really wonderful thing. And I wonder if that's Mm -hmm. happened to you. Like, how how are you doing now with them?
2: We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, I think. As long as they don't come back. (laughs) 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 I think they, um, they wrung out of us what they needed. And um, we stumbled through with them and figured it out. Our oldest is married. Um, he struggled through, he's a musician like my husband, and he struggled through a seven or eight year career in LA as a musician before he finally came back and, and really did well in Brooklyn, in New York. He met and married a woman from, uh, she's French Algerian, her family's in, um, her father's in aix en provence and her mom's in England. They got married. They had a COVID wedding, and now mm. they have a little baby. Uh, they're moving back to England in December, end of December.
3: That's the plan.
2: And then my second son lives in, also lives in Brooklyn. He's an attorney, living with a woman there. And then my daughter is settled. Uh, she has a, she's married. She lives in Connecticut and has a young daughter, Lulu, uh, four years old. So they all did land on their feet well, and. Are launched finally
1: <laughs> well it, how, did that opened up uh some sense of freedom were you able to get yeah. to do what it is you planned to do when there was supposed to be a clean cut?
3: No, we had a we had an old dog that we couldn't <laughs> leave We had a dog that we could not leave. He was blind and he was twenty years old, and we couldn't leave. We were also a child, yeah yeah. <laughs> And that went on for another two years that we could not leave, leave him.
2: Yeah, he, this was during the pandemic though. So we were kind of locked down anyway. So, you know, it was a good excuse to nurture him to 19 years old. So, yeah. yeah,
0: So So what's now? So, yeah. So I've been wanting to hear, I know that Sandra mentioned something about your mission in the Dominican Republic or is it, so I'd love to hear what you've been getting into and what, what energizes you now at this stage, that's what we really want to hear
2: more about. Well, you know, just to kind of put a bow on the thing with the kids though, I think what, what really transitioned for, for us and I'll let him speak to it as well, but what I see with him and what I feel with myself, and for each child mm-hmm. it was different, is this metamorphosis to an adult-to-adult relationship, which I really, really was wor- wanted to have with my kids. I didn't want to have the mother-child relationship that had existed through their teenage years and young adult years. And I see that now uh, that I have this now. And I think you do too. You have
3: yeah.
2: a, a weekly date night with your daughter. where Yeah. This? We
3: meet once a week for dinner. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's just a fur to get away from her kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: how lovely is that? Sometimes we don't know. We don't, that doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter why, but it's the, how we feel
1: through yeah. that all.
0: So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so so tell us about what what what's exciting you now. I mean the work you do well first of all tell us the work both of you do and then what you're looking forward to with some of this work new new nonprofit work
2: yeah so the work I do I've been doing for 30 years and it's great and I like it but I honestly you know I've leadership and, and helping groups your consultant right you do yeah work. so um, I work with nonprofit organizations on business operations and I help them with their um, business models with strategy, uh, leadership, um, financials, um, um, human resources, uh, funding, uh, program development, um, and it's good. You know, it's 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 good work. Um, I have found lately, I'd say within the last year, you know, trying to find my mojo within it has been a challenge. Um wanting to do something different. I find myself daydreaming about, you know, doing some really kind of extraordinary things. I think this mission trip was a result of that, you know, daydreaming about just really letting it all go. And there's been a lot of that. Victor, are you still a practicing musician?
3: No, I, I well, yeah, I, I'm a drummer. I play for my church band.
2: <laughs> that's what he does now yeah awesome
3: <laughs> christian <laughs> <laughs> rock drummer yes sir yeah i work for a parking company a i park cars <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so you, you, they say there's a great expression i love that you're both laughing that you can't move a park car so you yeah. guys are both kind of in movement if you've been done on this mission so tell us about this mission and this kind of new I had some of the new ideas you have going forward.
3: Well, it was good. It was eye-opening. It was, it was my Let's first time. Tell us time about
0: there. it. Give us give us the background on it. what had what, you find out about it? Oh. Who did you go with? What did Our you church.
3: See? Our church goes every year. She to, went last year. To the year, Dominican Republic? Dominican Republic, Juan Tomas, yep. Yeah. And they help out a Christian school that's there. She went last year and, and, and liked 2020. it. 2020. Uh, yeah, 2020, because of COVID, yeah. So I said, you know, if I wanted to go, so I'll go. i got a, never been on one. Um, and it was, it, was, uh, it was cool. I was on the construction crew. Um, they went down. We went down. It was, I think, seven of us from our church and nine from Ohio, doctors and nurses. And it was a medic, care, and construction crew. So we, we worked on the school rooms, and they set up different rooms for um, uh, giving out free eyeglasses and checking people out. And and when they find out that the American nurses and doctors were coming, the, the place was, you know, lined up, jammed from nine o'clock in the morning to six at night, never stopped. Just people coming in to get checked and get medicine, whatever. They're nice people. For what they don't have, they're smiling all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see that. You walk by these houses and you go, somebody's living in that it looks like something you would put your tools in here in america you know like a tool shed and that's their house and there was there's some nice stuff there but it's like any any island you go to puerto rico or wherever you got the the has and the have-nots and the the resort areas and then the places you don't want to go to um and that's where we were right in the middle of it and we just saw it you know we took a shower our shower was a the only hot water was a, was a tank on the roof. And if the sun was out and heated up the water, that was your, that was your shower water for the morning. You know, you can't drink the water. You got to drink bottled water. Um, and it was, uh, but you know what? We, we, we worked hard. We worked hard. Everybody worked hard there. So it was met some nice people, friends and they, they opened our, their arms to us as, as, um, they actually wanted me to stay there. <laughs> they offered me a job. The head of the school wanted me to stay because I was just about running everything. I was doing all the electrical work and they had wires sticking out. Of, I mean, it's like, I'm surprised nobody got electrocuted in that school, you know? And I was doing the best I could for the short time I was there.
0: And how about you, Sandra, when you were there, what kind of work did you do that down there?
2: So when I went down the first time, I went by myself and I was like, you know, amazed that I that i went without him you know my parents had a place in barbados for years and we would go down together but it was in a it was in a resort area but we've never been resort people so even when we went down there we would rent a little moke and go up into the mountains and the rainy side and things like that but never really experiencing the real island the real culture So when I went down the first time, it was a very small group and, um, I felt very lost. I felt very incapable. Um, it was just a very different experience for me. The, the geography is different, you know, the smells and the food and the greenery, the earth, the, um, the, the weather, the, the red dirt and the mud and the even the, even the way people interact. You know, we, we laugh when we're down there that you're on Dominican time when you're down there. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Because if you say, all right, we're gonna go at one o'clock, all the Americans are ready at one o'clock. And this is how we're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> You're not enjoying the moment. You're just waiting for the we're next waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And all the Dominicans are living. The kids are playing. The women are chatting. The men are goofing off. They're playing dominoes. They're experiencing life in the moment. That's their waiting. 2.30 comes around and someone comes with the van and now we're going. And the Americans have been waiting but the, the Dominicans have been having life, right? So I, I really started to catch that. I really started to realize that they don't compartmentalize as much as we do here about things. And um, when we went down this time, I helped out a lot in the clinic. We saw over four days, we saw almost a thousand people over four days. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty intense. And then the exhaustion, did
0: you feel invigorated even though you were exhausted because of this mission that you felt
2: in this? Like what what were the feelings about it? Uh, Exhaustion is a good thing. I mean, that's a good word for it. So I'm an early riser anyways. I'm up at four o'clock every day, like clockwork. I don't need an alarm clock. I just wake up. So four o'clock comes very early in the Dominican and the lady, the cook's in the kitchen because there's a little cafeteria. They don't want to see me at four o'clock for my tea. They're not happy when I show up at four o'clock for my day because they literally sleep in the kitchen. Like yeah. there's a little room in the back that they sleep in when we're down there. So that four o'clock in the morning, and then you don't normally get into bed till like 10 because Dominicans don't even get started at night for dinner until like seven. I slept hard every night. the feelings, the feelings. One of the things that I noticed was I never felt, I never felt down. I never felt discouraged, but it wasn't because of our team. It was because of the Dominicans. They never complained. Not once. There wasn't one complaint. Um, If something went wrong, there was a lot of laughter, right?
3: They shrugged your shoulders. They
2: shrugged theirs. They would. <laughs> they would joke with each other. We we left someone once. We the bus took off. Who was it that we left?
3: Oh, I forgot.
1: Was of the it kids. Eric
2: or someone? Yeah. And all of a sudden, the bus just came to a screeching halt, and we're all and everybody's speaking Spanish, and my Spanish is really bad, but I'm catching bits of it. And in the rearview mirror, I see a half a mile down the road. Here's Eric running for his life down this red dirt road, trying to catch the bus. And everybody's laughing on the bus. (laughs) And I thought, "Eh, I want this life. I want the life that when you fuck, excuse me, when you screw up, (laughs) everybody laughs. You know, no one really, like, and then you go on, life goes on.
1: So the next stage is to move to DR. You're thinking about it you're considering
0: yes. it oh, <laughs> <laughs> said the other day you were oh, so it's not the full plan is not in effect yet it's just it's a dream now so yeah. so let's talk about why we have these kind of dreams like what does this last stage of life represent for the two of you like and this could be the first time you're ever talking about it but it's an, it's important because that's the discussion we're having what is it that that we want to fulfill fulfilled our legacy as we grow into the people that this is our last stage on right now, even though I believe we transform to another energy and but other I just want to understand
1: is this is Victor and Sandra project or this is just Sandra's project? Is it both of yours?
3: Well, we we do everything together, you know.
1: So the nonprofit and DR is really. Uh, for bo- you thing. both of you it's a it's a yeah. branch of the yeah. church that you were oh, a drummer for
3: right <laughs> yeah. but we have a, we have a, we have anchors here that's the problem you know, see. we do saying because it's not just the kids both my parents are still alive 92 and 92. bless them both her parents are still alive
1: what Our a kids. what a blessing
3: right really? um, yeah she's like i was over there today because my father I'm always having a hard time getting around, but you can't just pull up the anchor and take off and leave stuff no. unsettled. I, I can't do it.
1: No.
0: And are there ways you can integrate going and coming? I mean, obviously there's a cost involved, but is it it's you know, I don't know how yeah. travel works for you guys.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: I
1: see a sparkle at Sandra's eyes. Yeah. Going and coming. I
2: would I would stay for his parents.
1: Granddaughter.
2: His parents, I would stay for the the kids less so and i know this i know this disturbs him when i talk this way i you know my my son and his wife are leaving for england at the end of december my daughter i hardly see them he sees her once a week but if i see my granddaughter once a month you know that's a lot
1: just to give us perspective how long you've been married too long
3: I always
1: said 35, thirty-five. Thirty-five years. Ah, see, thirty-five.
3: That, that's years
1: fantastic. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's better than most. Been together years. how
3: long?
2: Thirty-nine years. Wow.
0: And what, what do you think has kept you together when you probably watched other people my patience, divorce? your patience,
1: her beauty. I see. Oh, this <laughs> Beauty and her patience. Beautiful.
0: Welcome to the Explore More section of our podcast. We'd like to point out our rich resources page on our website, theopennesters.com. One of our very favorite podcasters who has been a guest on The Open Nesters is Pale Bo, the radio vagabond. Pali sold everything and has been a digital nomad all over the world on every continent for four years now, after his kids left the nest. Pali Bo can be found in two episodes, episode 10 and episode 69 on The Open Nesters. And there are many other books and articles about ways to live as open nesters. If you'll visit theopennesters.com and go to our resources page. So, so are there any things that you feel like you're learning along the way and you are dreaming of, and you're considering as part of your legacy that you want to speak about that this mission fulfills that you feel like Sandra, what's, what's, what's bubbling for you that that's why the kids, you don't want the
2: anchors because you want, there's some,
0: there's something bubbling for you.
2: I, I think I feel the end. And if I'm speaking for you, you jump in, but I I feel like I fear the end of life more deeply than maybe he does. I feel like I see the end more clearly and more quickly. And it may be because I've lost quite a few of my dearest girlfriends over the last decade to mostly cancer, breast cancer, accidents. And so... My urgency, my sense of panic is, I don't feel I have a lot of time. I have to talk myself into, Sandra, you really have a good 25 years. But when I look at the 25 years that have just passed, it feels so um, ephemeral, like- Fleeting, right. And I I get anxious. And if I don't do something different, um, I feel like it will all go. And then what? I don't wanna be that old lady that's immobile and regretting that I didn't do something different. I feel like this is, like you say, the third act. I truly can do something different than what I've been doing for the last 30 years. And I wanna do something different. You
1: know? But you have not pinpointed that yet. And, and is it is it when you say something different does it mean both of you are talking about it to do something together different or each and every one of you has its own mission no i i, I think
3: it's together i look at it as i i love i use this terminology all the time like i i want to do something uh, i i feel like i'm just i can i'm just getting started i i if i had known what i know now i got the old mm. saying you know 20 years ago but there's so much that i think that i'm capable of doing and i feel like you know the train's coming to the to the station the train's coming it's there it's going by and i gotta i gotta get on it but it keeps going and I, I i don't have that leap i'm looking for that leap to get on that train
1: that window where it slowed down a little bit for you yep. And you can yep. jump in jump on yep well Look maybe that maybe, maybe that uh, window you're looking for maybe you need to take a risk. I mean, you know they say you can It is a risk. Still second with one uh, with one foot on first. Yeah. So you have to one point another sprint to second. Yeah. And uh jump. And yeah. you know what? The train may have gone by and you will fall on the track or I right don't know face. Yeah. But maybe that's the solution. Yeah. So if these you say, well, you know what? Next time when the train comes in I'm going to be closer or you'll have a better strategy to it. Right, right.
2: You know, I mean, sometimes you just need something really tremendously impactful to shake you up. Like you just need I feel like we just need to shed everything like we're trying to sell this house. This is a a, this is a gorgeous house. It's a tremendous house. It's almost 4000 square feet. It's four bedrooms, five and a half baths. It served us so well when we had a family. It is the two of us. We're like ghosts rattling around this house. No one wants to buy this damn house. <laughs> buy really? my house, someone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> buy the So that's house. an anchor. That sounds like, because I think sometimes it's a
2: matter of some, one of those things opening. Okay. You know? I want to walk away from the house. Like okay. that would shake it up. Like here, take to the bank, take the house. I don't care. Just take it. Okay. I just want to lock the door, leave everything in it, and leave the house. That's okay, where so, I've gotten. So,
1: Sandra, be be do this exercise with me for a moment. <laughs> Suppose you can hand us the keys right now, and we took you, the house away from you. What What are you gonna do?
2: What am I gonna do? Yeah.
1: yeah, you have no you have no place to live now. You have to look for a place to live. Even well, maybe, having
2: no place to live sounds exciting, isn't that weird? It sounds very exciting. But, but I'm not it doesn't.
1: Kidding. It doesn't look like Victor is on board.
2: No, he's not. But most of our life, he has not been. I have to tell you this. Most of them, he's had
1: that two bewildered step, look. Two and step then forward, drag himself. Victor. Two step forward, drag Victor. Is that how it goes?
0: <laughs> and then he laughs about it, and you see, it looks like you're still together, having fun. So that seems to be like the mo. So you're used to being the leader. It sounds like,
2: <laughs> yeah. or the instigator. <laughs> the instigator.
0: The instigator, and what I was going to say about this interesting time that that Victor made the comparison of a train, is that the discussion of it, the bringing awareness to it, opens the idea of where is the opportunity, and coming from curiosity. So it's a lot of the way the coaching and the seminars I do are about how do we become curious. So the fact that that this came to your life to become curious about why life is different in the Dominican Republic, how you can become more in your lives to be being in the lives and behaviors that you want to change. Those are, first of all, always available to us right this moment. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because bringing the awareness is that where nobody's going to give you an exact solution in our lives. None of us have them. Mm-hmm. It's, where's the opportunity comes from that awareness and curiosity. So, so just, I hope that this, this kind of a discussion for me, this is a kind of different kind of interview than we've done that perhaps it, you know, you guys haven't talked about it fully. You don't have a fully, a full plan developed. You're feeling your anchors. You're feeling your, your, your dreams. You're, you're in this paradox of like, where, where are we? And yet I hope that there's a, you know, that's what I would wish for you, this opening of how it would feel. So if you had to look in five years, how you would like to feel. I don't care where you have to be logistically, but how would you both like to be living your lives? Like, what would it look like when you woke up one day? How
2: would it feel that day? How would it feel when you woke up that day? Peaceful. Hmm. Peaceful. Definitely peaceful. I envision a smaller home, very earthy, very organic that you know with um probably we've talked about it being more in the woods away from people um very quiet you know natural not a lot of suburban area not a lot of contact I mean we're not hermits you know we like to be intentional about contact because we're in contact all day with people and travel Mm -hmm. You know a lot of travel a lot of intentional kind of
3: but even even traveling though it, it used to be fun but the, you know with COVID and all that and when it hit it made it miserable you know and there's so many problems traveling it's like a friend of mine bought an RV a lot of people do it retired and he's traveling around living in this RV when I look at the places he's living in and it's like it's almost like you park those things in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. There's a picnic bench, you know, mm-hmm. next to your RV, and there you go. that—that like, hey, that is not me.
2: No, I'd be in the woods you know. somewhere.
3: Yeah. yeah, I ride my motorcycle. You know, that's my my relief. I I think that uh you're right when you say where you're going to be in five years. It is people because most of my career was was in the entertainment. There's crowds and noise and. Mm-hmm. And it was very hectic, you know. When they say the show must go on, kind of thing. And even now, the, mm-hmm. what I do now is kind of like that. But I also don't like being alone, mm-hmm. like no one around. If she goes somewhere, you don't and I'm like, like
2: being without well, me. Is well, what you're yeah, saying.
3: yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, so I'm always like, all right, I'm gonna go for a ride. I'm gonna do something. I got it. I have to do something. I have a very difficult time relaxing. Mm-hmm. Well, I. Well. uh, tinker, I'll do something, but it's got to be something.
1: Well, open nesting means it's not for birds, but it is taking it from the (laughs) birds. Open nesting means you are open to various possibilities, to Mm. whatever it is that's coming. Besides Mm. your nest being open, and you are open for your kids, obviously, but it's also open for possibilities, open Mm. for you welcoming the unknown with open arms, so to speak. Mm. And this is what uh, uh open nesting mean and we have interviewed couples that knew what they're going to do and mm. couples that did not know what they're going to do but uh some of them uh decided to you know uh, move uh, to tuscany and open up uh, a, a, a a cooking, cooking school right. so every there's some people that knew some people decided to take an rv and do go around the country so for you the challenge is still ahead of what is it that you are going to grab? I like to do it. I like to do
3: everything. Yeah, I do. I I love my motorcycle. I love to play golf. I love the ocean. I used to ski. I like that. I, you know, so it's like, do you pinhole yourself into doing one thing No. or do you try to do All,
1: all the recreational stuff that you want? I mean, you know, I, I saying that, you know, she, Sandra looks like she wants to, hang on to a bigger cause rather than an activity. Uh, I mean, she wants to be engaged emotionally in some kind of life-changing. She wants to impact somebody or a society or a community. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Taking your bike to a ride, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's it's a great thing. Uh, Going to play golf, wow. Mm. A beautiful sunny day or in fall, nice crisp day of course these are all great activities but what sandra is looking for is that something that's going to wake her up at 4 a.m with a burning desire to just go conquer the world Mm. and do whatever she wants to do am i correct sandra with that
2: that is very correct
1: okay so 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 you have not yet latched into that you don't know exactly what it is it you you know that you want to give something from yourself so perhaps maybe, uh, you know, we leave it open in this interview. Uh, mm-hmm. and Maybe we check back with you in a year and say, hey, Sandra, hey, Victor, what's happening? Did you find something? Did you, uh, perhaps it's be beneficial for you to listen to some of our episodes, uh, to see what other people have done and how they kind of directed their lives. Not that it's going to give you a solution, but maybe it will give you Uh, Openings. Openings. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
2: You know, it's interesting you say that. I listened to a couple of your episodes and I became very intimidated because I felt like I was 22 again out of college. And I thought, holy crap, these people have their third act all together. And I don't even know what I'm going to do. Everybody seems to have it all planned out. And I don't know. I'm so glad that you don't have to know. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I'm so glad because I think there are so many people out there and we have listeners. It's growing all the time that are probably feeling that same struggle. So that's why it's important to discuss a topic that is not about what we know, rather Mm. the unknown. So just, just being in the discussion, is what i welcome today and i'm really happy that you were able to join us even if yeah. you were intimidated
1: <laughs> and no don't be intimidated because let me tell you something i mean we don't this is act three for us uh is this what going to, we're going to do is this what we're going to do uh interview people about their act threes i don't think so i mean we have also uh vague plans uh, they're not yet uh, um, carved in stone that we really know what we want to do and we certainly not a model for uh, knowing exactly what you need to do with Act 3. This is just to tease the imagination, to uh, whet your appetite to, to speak, to try to look for something that is of a significance, something that is bigger than the two of you combined that you can make an impact to. So I hope we can inspire you to do that and maybe provide tomorrow a bigger opening at 4 a.m.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you both for your time so, today. So, any so, last words? Yeah, want I, to I, I want I want okay. I want to ask
1: the last question. Yeah. Both of them. Uh it's because most of our audience don't know they are just like you, don't know what they're going to do at x three. The kids leave their home and they saying, excuse me, who are you? Oh, you lived here with me. <laughs> and <laughs> some of them are like uh, Some of them are, oh, okay, now we can do things. A lot of them don't know. And I wanted to you to send a message to our audience, if you can, of how not to feel so anxious when you really don't know it all. And it's okay. And this is the message I want you to perhaps articulate that you don't know. You feel like a 22-year-old kid. You don't know, but you, you're hanging in there. You know that it's coming. So maybe... You can send a message like that to our audience because people need to hear the real thing. I can tell them as much as I can, but you be comfortable with the uncertainty.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think what you said earlier, it is you don't know, but it is a risk. So you have to look at it as if you think it's going to be risk-free, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be risk-free. So. You, you always, you know, it can always fall back on something, you know, it's not like you're going to, Oh, I'll, I'll never come back. If I go here, I'll never be able to come back again, which isn't true. So it is a risk. You can go, you can try it, you can put your all into it. And you never know. You just, you, you, if you don't do it, you're never going to know. When I, when I, when I switched jobs one time it was a big move for me in the, in the entertainment, you know, in the arena business and stuff. And, I didn't know what to do. And I remember asking this mentor of mine and I asked him, should I take this job or not? It's a, it's a pay cut, but it's going to lead me to bigger and better things down the road. Maybe, right. You don't know. Right. And he goes, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you don't do it, you're never going to know. Exactly. You're never going to know. That's
0: exactly the good. That, that,
3: that
1: is a great can't, We
0: can't tell anybody anything, but if we no. don't do it, we're never going to know.
1: Never i did it (laughs) well you can always go back to be a drummer yeah Uh, yeah
3: right i did when i was in dominic i played with the church over there i played the cajon
1: yeah (laughs) i mean then maybe the next time you go look for a local band that is you know that's standing with two guitars over (laughs) there without any drummers "Hey, can i join your gig yeah yeah. maybe that is maybe that's where you're going to find your passion uh i don't know that makes sense sandra
2: uh total sense to me it does okay it does
0: and do you have any other um, last
2: things that you feel like left, left unsaid sandra that you'd like to say? no i you know i think um i i think i think that's really relevant you know the don't get stuck on the couch thinking and dreaming do something exactly just do something
1: thank you Fabulous. so so much we really appreciate talking to you your authentic you Thank Your you. authentic- authenticity. Authenticity <laughs> thank you for, for shining this. through. Yes. This is shining so through. Necessary. And thank you.
2: Thank you.
3: Very nice. And uh,
1: we will let you know when the broadcast will go, uh, the, so the episodes will drop. And I'm sure that uh, you're going to make a difference to some people. So here it is an opportunity to make a difference to somebody maybe one soul, that will say, you know what? I'm now more comfortable in the fact that I do not know what I'm going to do in Act 3.
0: Comfortable mm-hmm. being uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. Comfortable, yes, of yes, of the thanks Thank you. episode number blah, blah, wonderful. blah. <laughs>
1: uh, I
3: got more out of this than my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm so glad a lot of people I tell us this. that doing the interviews then really helps your bill.
2: <laughs>
1: well thank you very much for being a, a, a great oh, you guys listener. are
2: wonderful thank you keep he on was. listening
1: uh, you never know what <laughs> well, may inspire you and okay. we will definitely got uh, we'll look you up in about a year to see where your passion have led you
2: we'll stay in touch amen bye-bye, bye-bye. Right. take care well, bye
1: Before we summarize this incredible, wonderful interview with Sandra and Victor, I'd like to let you know that next week we're going to hear from Cassandra and Chris with an episode we titled From Trauma to Victory and Full Sexual Embodiment. Well, Tessa, this is a truly a great interview with people that are living in the open nesting chapter three of their life, in their own authentic way.
0: Absolutely, because many of us are the sandwich generation, and trying to go through this whole metamorphosis of of our relationships with our adult kids, and and really reforming ourselves at the same time.
1: Correct, and you know, there's never, never you know, a clean cut between having the kids at home and then one day you're an open nester. You're, you're, your your nest, your nest is open. There's no such thing. There's always a transitional period in between. And they are really, truly, have been struggling for, it Seem to be, for a while. And there's always, <laughs> you know, we talk to many couples, there's always a conflict, really, of how to treat with the kids. Uh, some of them... He likes to charge rent. The kids are coming back. Some of them stay for a uh, limited time. The other one are just like us. Hey, the house is open. Come in and out as much as you want. Right.
0: Right. And and couples, couples have different approaches to it. I mean, you and I have right. had little 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 differences, but mostly we've overcome those and and decided that our kids, the way we've way we've treated it, are functional and strong, and we're. Blessed that they did w- did come home and are home at different times, but can go in and out and feel that welcoming and yet function as complete adults. And it's not always like that. Each 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 situation is so unique, and each each you know any parents raising kids, no matter what they are, come from different places and different programming, and and working things through without trying to negate each other's ways of of um. And and I love the way they laughed at themselves because they're arriving right. at different places at different times, and I and that's just so real.
1: And they do have different philosophy regarding the kids. Sandra wants a clean cut. Okay, now I'm free. While Victor says, "Hey, there are my kids. Let them come in and go as they please, and I'm not going to charge them rent." That is the philosophy. And you know, we just recently got. Uh,
0: yeah we, we forgot to bring it up to them but we had we had an inquiry that was very similar which i feel like this podcast does answer the discussion without any and answer a, i
1: think it's a good opportunity to to read that comment that we got on our yeah i brought it up now.
0: it was somebody a, a couple from their late 50s and they wrote we've been listening to your podcast for the past year and it's given us many ideas of new ways to live our lives our problem is our one of our aging parents lives with us and the other two still need our help so we don't feel that we can get too far. Do you have any suggestions? And so if you guys out there have suggestions and have had to deal with that, we wanted to bring that as an open piece because that's what the Open nesters is all about, helping right. each other. There's no one way to do things particularly right.
1: I mean, outside you being in your own way of being, feeling free uh, to do whatever it is that you want in, in Act 3, there are other anchors. There are jobs. There are... Uh, health issues. There are aging parents uh, being in the sandwich generation. As Victor said, there's a dog. There was an old dog that uh, they had to babysit and continue. So there are many, many anchors. We're not an expert to tell you how to deal and how to become a a true open nest nester uh, while you have aging parents. But I can tell you this, Nobody knows exactly how chapter three is going to be, as Sandra said. Also, she listened to our episode and she's kind of intimidated by the fact that some people do know how their act three is going to look like. So, don't get intimidated if you don't know exactly what your act three is looking for. Looking like Uh, Tessa and I don't know exactly how act three is going to look for us, so don't get intimidated and we will find some kind of an expert I guess in the next few weeks to address the sandwich generation uh, during the open nesting stage,
0: we will, and you know, communication is key. So, speaking to our parents or speaking to each other about giving each other space and maybe not coming from the same traditional programmed way that, for example, my parents did—that they didn't want to leave each other's side too much—but rather making sure that you that you give each other maybe the space to pursue some of the things you want is one thing I would, for example, suggest. By the way. And I love the fact that the two of them still hold on to this idea of getting away to the woods and away from other people and being intentional about their lives as they age. So, Sandra and Victor, I just want to really thank you and wish you to hold on to that dream of finding that space, even if you don't know exactly what it looks like. It was really such a pleasure to interview you.
1: Well, there's so much more to say. But anyway, leave us a comment on our website, theopennesters.com, that double N in the middle, The Open Nesters with an S at the end. And we would love to hear from you as we heard from this couple couple in Arizona.
0: Absolutely. And I also want to thank you and ask you to continue to please share and join our Instagram community because as we grow more Open Nesters, we can support each other in a bigger way. And I thank you for supporting us to make this podcast keep growing.
1: Absolutely. Till next time, this is Amir.
0: And this is Tessa.
1: And we will see you on the next episodes of The Open Nesters. Ciao.
2: You
0: have been listening to The Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Patat, Audio Engineering by Lucid Sound. Web Design and Blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at TheOpenNesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email Tessa at TheOpenNesters.com.